0: Petersfield's Shine Radio. Each week I love talking to you about food when we can, but you have a very interesting background. You grew up in a land that we don't know anymore. It's changed its name, and so I'd like to talk to you about that and get a recipe from you, from your homeland, really.
1: Well, it's not exactly my homeland. I mean,. I should say this in some sort of context. It's
0: very much part of your culture. Or how it is. You are.
1: It is. It's my cultural inheritance, I suppose. I mean, on dad's side, I was Anglo-Irish. But Mum, mum's mum was Russian of Armenian extraction. Mum's dad was Greek. And the family business was in Iran, which had changed its name from Persia in 1935. But we always call the food that comes from there Persian food. Anyway, I spent the first couple of years of my life, the family business, various members of the family and the, and the main family house, I suppose, were in Athens. I was taken the moment I was born off to Tehran for the first couple of years of my life. And I seem to have imbibed Persian food as part of my sort of uh, cultural it, heritage.
0: It's in your DNA, days. It is in my
1: DNA. You know, pomegranates and kebabs uh, are done Persian style and... Uh, and special cello rice, which we will talk about in due course, and, and khoresh, the Persian stew, which is sort of halfway between a stew and a curry, I guess.
0: That's what we're going to get to, the khoresh. What the khoresh
1: choresh. We spell it, well, I suppose if you transliterate it into English, it's K-H-O-R-E-S-H. And there are millions of choresh, but it's it, it's one of the great staples of, of Persian food, of Persian cooking.
0: Funnily enough, I cooked it for my birthday supper last year. You really? I did. That, that wonderful. Yeah. So, James, take us away.
1: I'm going to talk about Khoresh, but I'm also going to talk about... In fact, I'm going to talk about the rice that goes with it first. OK, why so? Well, because if you ask any Persian cook of great repute, what makes a great chef, a great cook of Persian food? The first thing they'll say is, well... Check out someone's rice, and if that's good, okay, you've got a really good one. Now, the thing about this—this rice—and it's just rice. It takes a long time to do. You do it while you're doing your choresh. The how whole long, thing. Will how ta-
0: long is that?
1: Well, let me run it you through the way this is done, and I should say. A, this takes practice to get it right, and B, it takes luck. The majority of the rice will be absolutely superb, but you won't get this wonderful, crispy top. I'll explain this as I go along. You shouldn't be discouraged, is what I'm saying, if it doesn't come out perfectly, because even the greats can't get it bang on every time. It's so rewarding and so delicious if you do get it right that I'll say, if you have a bit of time, give it a go. It's wonderful. Cello, it's sort of, a, it's the classic Persian rice, really. And what you do is you preheat a large sauce, which you then sort of fill with boiling water. And you add basmati rice with a handful of sea salt. Now, what you do now, you boil it for six to eight minutes until the rice has been parboiled, okay? And you'll know this because visually the rice grains have become a brighter white than the original colour, you know, slightly mucky colour you get in uh, uh, of rice. And they're slightly elongated. You can see they're longer than the original, uh, than the rice. So, for six to eight minutes, the rice is parboiled, okay? You take the rice off and you rinse it. under cold running water for a couple of minutes to wash off the excess starch. The rice then should be cool at this point. Then, the saucepan in which you have originally been parboiling that rice... The one you've just emptied. Right. You line it with some non-stick baking paper. You then return the pan to the hob. You add a little bit of light olive oil and a handful of sea salt again and a generous amount of butter. Don't stint. If don't stick
0: on the bottom ever.
1: You must then scatter the rice. Don't clump the rice. This is most important. You scatter the rice across the bottom of the pan. You don't want to clump it together because what you want is the whole thing to be light enough for the steam to rise. Because then you're going to put a lid on the pan and you're going to wrap the pan lid in a tea towel. You're absolutely getting a tight seal on this, OK? You're covering the pan and you're cooking the rice on the lowest possible temperature... For around 45 minutes, if it's a gas stove, hob. Electric? Or electric, up to an hour and a half. Oh, wow. Yeah, on the lowest possible heat.
0: And are you allowed to take the tea towel off and have a sneaky peek?
1: It's not a good idea. It, no, you, kill it. You, Yeah, you couldn't. And this is where the luck comes in, of course. You know, you have to trust.
0: And James... Why do you do this? For what ends? Because
1: the steam makes the rice beautiful and fluffy, super fluffy. But it also, when you're finished with that timing, the cooked grains have all puffed up, which you then decant onto a serving platter. This rice needs okay. to be so, you know, put on a serving platter, essentially. At the bottom, if you're really lucky and you've done it absolutely right, you have this delicious, crispy crust on the bottom of the pan, which is called tadig in uh, in Farsi. Tadig. 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 T-A-H-D-I-G. Tadig.
0: That's lovely. Um
1: and that you scrape off the pan, and you serve that on the top of the rice. Ooh. Okay, and it's just this beautiful. It's this. It's an almost golden colour. All being well.
0: Nice buttery rice.
1: It is. It's absolutely oh. delicious. So there's your rice. You see.
0: So to the koresh. Am the I saying it? The koresh. Koresh.
1: <laughs> As ha, you have a cold.
0: Hot. Ha ha ha. We don't want any of those around. No
1: no no. There are all kinds of different chorech, the farsi word for stew. And the sort of consistency here is actually somewhere between a stew and a curry, halfway between the two. And with the spices involved, it can be either. Call it a stew, call it a curry, you won't be far wrong. It's simple, this. Olive oil and diced onions. Fry over a medium heat. You then increase the heat, add some lamb, and fry for about five minutes, stirring constantly. You then add turmeric. Two heaps, teaspoons, thereabouts. And you coat the meat evenly with it. Then you do the same with a couple of pinches of saffron threads, the most expensive foodstuff in the whole world. <laughs> it's,
0: it's more expensive than gold, It is, James. actually.
1: But still, be generous. And a heaped teaspoon of ground cinnamon.
0: Oh, look, you've put cinnamon in a dish, James. Yeah, I'm but, always uh, telling but, you to put cinnamon in uh, a dish. Uh, yes,
1: I know, I know. Here, here it's a good idea. Thereafter, you add about 150 grams of tomato puree, some salt and pepper. You stir and cook for a minute. Next, and here is where you get the the real Persian flavour. So far, so similar to many other countries' dishes. But here you need half a dozen dried limes. Dried limes? Dried limes. You can find them in quite a lot of different places. Maybe not waitress, I don't know. You'll just have to have a look around. A local shop that perhaps sells curry related stuff you should be able to find them somewhere i think i mean we're sophisticated sort of in this country nowadays insofar as various cuisines are concerned
0: could you use just lemon instead of a lime yeah try and make them
1: dried though you don't want them you know uh, juicy it's to get that sort of slight sort of dry citrusy flavor almost a slightly sour tang okay okay prick them and add to your meat you then add just enough cold water okay to cover everything that's inside the pan okay you stir you reduce the heat to very low yep. again, sort of just above the lowest, I would say, and then slow cook for uh, one and a half hours after one and a half hours. The next very Persian touch, and again you have to go looking for these two hundred grams of dried yellow split peas,
0: oh. I think you can get those. Aren't? Most places I think now. you
1: probably can. Again, they add this sort of flavour, which is hard to explain, but is fabulous. Okay,
0: yellow split peas. Yeah,
1: about two hundred grams of dried yellow split peas. Okay, uh, and you cook for another hour, and then you're done. Really, that's, that's it. it. That's it. Yeah, it's a, so it's a, a minimum. It's it's really just slow cooking, and again, trusting yourself. I'm all all this while. Hopefully, you're sort of uh, busying yourself with faffing around with your rice, and all being well, they come together in this perfect symbiosis and harmony and they all come together for about you know and over the course of two two and a half hours obviously you're looking at it from time to time but you don't need yeah. to sort of overdo it you know just keep the occasional eye on that it that sounds
0: delicious now james i like to add pomegranates it's great as side, a side dish it's dish.
1: Side dish, fantastic so that's you awesome are quinti- you have a quintessentially persian soul my love because that is what they would do it's a classic and a, and
0: a good tip is to spank your pomegranates
1: is and, it? and yes, I didn't know this.
0: you cut your pomegranate in half, hold yeah. it in the palm of your hand, spank it with a spoon, and the pomegranate seeds come out really
1: easily. Does this say something about you psychologically?
0: <laughs> and then you put them in a dish, and you make sure that your pomegranate os- seeds are served cold with your koresh. Yeah,
1: perfect. So they're nice Absolutely and crispy. Right, 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 right. And that, yeah, that brings back memories. Food is so much about love and memories. It's like music, really. You can see, it. you hear music, and you remember where you were. Well, food. I grew up with these sorts of flavours. And as I say, I smell them, I taste them, and I'm immediately somewhere else and somewhere happy.
0: That's fantastic, James. Food and memory.
1: Yeah, yeah, absolutely.
0: Don't be downhearted that you have to stay in this New Year's Eve. Why not do something different? And join me, Ian Crossman, for the Brighter Minds Quiz of the Year. I'll be looking- and testing your memory of some of the high points and just a few of the low points of the last 12 months. I'll play songs that we've enjoyed while we've all been stuck at home in 2020. And there may even be a few special guests dropping by. So let's see out the year together. Join me for the Brighter Minds Quiz of the Year from Petersfield's Shine Radio. New Year's Eve from nine until midnight. Shine Radio.